Hello. I'm recording this on January 26th at about 4.30 in the morning. And this is a little bit of a different uh, approach for me to doing one of these. Um, it's a much more raw, unplanned, and for me, vulnerable approach. So typically when I do these, there's some coalescing that's been occurring around new awarenesses. Sometimes that new awareness is for me as well as for others to share. And sometimes, you know, it's just kind of a simple integration. But I do always kind of take time uh, and need time to kind of make it into sort of a linear so I know what I'm going to be talking about. I don't like script it at all, but, you know, to get to a place where I can do kind of an outline, right, or bullets. And, um, and I can't wait for that process with this. Uh, it doesn't feel okay to wait for that to happen. And, uh, and I would say the last couple of days, there has been sort of an increasing push from within me to just kind of just share, transmit, transmit, transmit. And my head, my mind, my intellect says, okay, organize it. Okay, organize it. Get it together. Get a plan. Make sense of it. You can't just start blah, blah, blahing at people. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, I certainly enjoy uh, when people are on point and are really bringing through something valuable. I don't care whether or not they had a plan or not. But ultimately, more to the point, I have to do it. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's part of my being that I have to not just create uh, or call in but that I also have to send out, I have to transmit. And if I'm not transmitting, things aren't working correctly. And I have a lot of different ways for doing that, transmitting, uh, which, is, which has been great to kind of figure that out, sort that all that stuff out. But what um, I think what is sort of just emerging here is that it's just transmit right now. It's just more, just let it go, let it, let's send it out. So I've been up since about 3.30 or so. I just kind of woke up and it was like, oh, I'm awake. Oh, okay. I, I, I spent five minutes thinking that maybe that wasn't going to be the case, but it was just one of those like, yep, nope, you're awake. <laughs> so, so yeah. So then I got up and I just, you know, was just sort of moving around in my home in the dark and just kind of moving my body and that was good. And, um, you know, right now I'm, I'm sitting in my living room, in my home, where I have these very large windows that look out over the lake. The picture that I use for the transmissions from the lake um, is actually from this room, from these windows. And um, anyway, I have these really big windows, and I like to just kind of sit here and look out, and about three quarters of the window, uh, when I'm sitting right here, is the sky. Um, which I really love, and then kind of this sort of line that is the lake and the hills around the lake. Um, but just sitting here looking in the mornings at the morning stars and remembering how last night 
as many nights sitting here looking out and because it wasn't cloudy I could see the stars and I could see the moon coming in just kind of over the top so that just at the very tippy top of the window I could see the I could see the moon almost full and the moon is a topic for this uh, conversation so that's why I'm mentioning the moon here but really what I was thinking about was how serious was just so bright and so huge and just seems like every day it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> and I love that I'm positioned geographically right now where uh, and physically in this home right now where I can just sit here and look at it looking at me from over the top of sort of the twin evergreen trees that are always in my view here um, this is the risk of the ramble, right? That I, that I haven't scripted these things, but here we go. So I'm up and just feeling this kind of urgency to, to, to share and to transmit. And the reason that there's an urgency, uh, one reason that there's an urgency is um, because we have these sort of energies for the planet right now that are very intense and over the weekend um, this is Tuesday morning so over the weekend um, a huge amount of, uh, of of clearing energies came in and I'm sure everyone I'm sure there's just a huge variety of experiences but I would imagine that a couple of the hallmarks of some of the experiences that people may have had with these energies um, whether you are aware of them or not, would have been a kind of a weird combination of a huge kind of opening and even like a lifting, but at the same time it's sort of feeling like a being sort of tumbled down like and like, you know, crushed under the undertow or against the rocks of like, you know, uh -huh, you know, um, the, the, the harshness of what's holding you back or what's weighing you down. And sort of this odd, sort of almost a shearing effect of like being sort of lifted up, freed up, pulled up, like as if sort of gravity was reducing at the same time as maybe there was even like a feeling of a magnetic pull pulling you up while something's weighting you back down. And so it's kind of like, oh, I'm getting pulled, you know, <laughs> and that can be uncomfortable, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, if we go back, we can go back to the medieval times and like, that's actually the rack. <laughs> so if you get pulled too hard, it's a torture mechanism. I'm really hoping that you didn't have a torture experience. Um, I know for myself, I did not have that at all. I just was able to, to be in it and sort of scope the edges on either side of it, if you will. Um, uh, but I recognize that I have spent a long time developing the capacity to do that. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So the so that was kind of like that was just sort of cool and interesting and amazing and wild and you know a little intense on the body um, in terms of kind of some integrations physically, biologically that were happening as well and probably were happening for you and maybe showed up as just kind of like super like sluggish or just kind of like languid, or you know, just very kind of slow, or whatever. Um, maybe even foggy or disconnected, or feeling like you're sort of in between timelines. Um, that may have picked up later, actually, the sort of in between timelines feeling for me anyway, got really strong yesterday. 
um, and I still feel it to some extent. So the the urgency, but I felt like, oh, we'll have plenty of time to figure this out. Like I can figure this out to share and support later this week. The urgency came in around um, like awareness of opportunity. So nothing about kind of like, you know, oh no, timelines or deadlines, zero deadlines. Okay. But opportunity of this coming full moon which um, I'm sorry I don't have the, the times uh, in front of me, but I'm feeling like it's maybe the 28th at like 11 in the morning Pacific. Um, that's just like coming up as a time. I, I don't know if that's right. Um, I'll, I'll put in the notes what the right thing is. Um, but the full moon that's coming up, um, I actually am not, haven't taken the time to look at like really the astrology of it at all. So, um, you know, and again, I'm, super, you know, not the specialist with astrology, but I do find sometimes that it, it sparks useful insights. So if you like that stuff, then feel free to go explore some more there and know that I'm not bringing in a totally robust vantage from that perspective. But so, and I don't know that it matters, um, actually, now that I say all that. So the, the thing about the full moon coming up is a opportunity and a mixture of energies or an opportunity around letting go and forgiveness now you know, full moons are are always interesting good times for like letting stuff go you know um, as we switch over in the moon cycle but this one has some kind of extra stuff going on with it um, kind of like extra sort of cosmic stuff going on with it. And um, if you've listened to these transmissions before, you've heard me talk about how we were, we've been sort of climbing this big mountain, and we kind of got to the top of this big mountain, and that was sort of the solstice energy, the cosmic solstice energy. We've but we've got to the top of this mountain and we sort of have this kind of graduation day and uh, we can sort of step out onto this bridge and I had seen it as sort of like a little rickety suspension bridge kind of thing and as we were sort of crossing the bridge and this sort of crossing the bridge time felt like it would be um, that we would get to sort of the other side of the bridge on or around the 21st of this month, so a few days ago. And, um, and so... And that there's sort of no going back to that old mountain as we move across the suspension bridge and continue to throw things off that we don't need anymore, that we kind of are dumping that sort of weight away over the side, the sort of ballast uh, out, of the, out of the bucket of our hot air balloon, right, so that we kind of keep going up and up. And that the suspension bridge, in my mind, is sort of going up, not like in a sharp slant because that wouldn't work on one of those things, but just to sort of like you know, graceful, gentle, sloping upward. And everything that you're letting go, it, you know, each thing sort of represents one of those sort of little slats on the suspension bridge, those little rickety ones. And, you know, you're kind of getting rid of those as you go across, making it you know, increasingly unavailable to you to go back, which is great. Um, you know, burn the boats, baby. And so anyway, so kind of coming coming off the bridge... 
into sort of the clouds of we don't really know where we are has been sort of, you know, the first couple of days after that of, uh, of, of still not really having clarity about that, I feel. Um, and what has kind of, what's been sort of feeling, um, sorry, the sort of not thinking about this ahead of time is, is creating like a, the images are just have to kind of come in and I just have to like open and like let them come in because they're given to me. Is that the, that the, yeah, that we, we actually haven't landed yet. That we went higher than we expected. And we're not on the bridge anymore. That's done. But like we landed, not landed, we like came off the bridge onto Huh. onto the hot air balloon again. Like, no, now the hot air balloon is like really big. Like now instead of the, the, the suspension bridge being like a hot air balloon, like we are actually in the hot air balloon and, and it's going up and we're not on land. We're not in, we're not clear on where we are. And we're just kind of up in the sky feeling sort of like not knowing where we are. And if we look over the edge, we can't really see land form under us kind of get our bearings and if we look above we can maybe see a few stars here and there that can that can help us but none of them are really the kind of the guiding stars yet so we're like not really sure so we just have to like let the floating drifting happen and kind of just give in to that just give over to that just kind of surrender to it and let that beautiful basket of the hot air balloon carry us up know that it's carrying us up and that we don't have to do anything for it to keep moving up to where we want to go that is the essence of this energy right now as I'm saying these things to you and I want to take a moment there are other things that want to come through, but I want to take a moment and invite you to imagine yourself nestled up in the most comfortable, snuggliest bed you could ever imagine that's in the bottom of this basket of this hot air balloon. And you're just snuggled up there, and it's so comfortable, and you're so happy. And you feel so safe and a little sleepy, but not like sleepy, sleepy, more like dreamy. And you can see the sky up above, over the edges of the basket. And you can see little stars twinkling here and there. And you can see little cloud formations against the kind of pre-morning sky. So you can sort of see the edges, but it's very, it's very dark still. Not dark in a bad way, but in a soothing way. And you're aware that there's this wonderful, beautiful man is captaining the hot air balloon for you. And he's just, he's handling it. You don't even care how the hot air balloon works. And you don't have to. And you're just letting him pilot the hot air balloon and knowing that it's going to be great. 
or even if it's not great, it doesn't matter. Like it's good, it's handled, that's what I want to say. And so you can just be snuggled into this bed. So I'm going to pause there for a minute. I want to talk about what that's like. And then hopefully I'll remember to come back to what happens with the full moon. <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally swinging without a net here. <laughs> so no, no, not, no outline. Hopefully I remember. Come back to the full moon. So I've been doing, this is where I need to be personal and be extra vulnerable. So I've been doing some very uh, intentional work. Um, in recent, uh, what do I mean by recent, like weeks, maybe a couple of months around how do I go deeper into being present in my body and being present to my body and committing to my body and loving my body as the place where I live and that creates so much experience for me and that is this sort of expression of life force that I'm in. And I would say that I have had for last few years as I've healed from kind of a health journey, I've had a lot of moments or even phases of kind of like real genuine kind of love and presence with my body um, and certainly have, I would say, moved out of, you know, any kind of the old sort of negative stuff around body, you know, just yeah, just like, you know, any of that kind of like gunky, you know, oh no, and I don't look this way or whatever. Like, you know, you have like moments of that, but generally not having huge issues with that. But now what I want is like, body as portal into a deeper experience of the presence of life force that is within me, which I feel is the divine feminine. And sort of the divine feminine alive within me and within you and within all of life force and living things. Um, although my idea of living things and yours might be different. Like I would actually include stones and mountains in that. Um, just as an example of things that people don't think of as being alive. And so, so, okay. So then I became really clear that, um, you know, as the, information was coming in that I shared earlier about the planetary theme, if you will. Um, and of course, these things are always so reductive, but they're also really useful, at least for me. Um, the planetary theme is both and for 2021, um, that for me, kind of my version of that, uh, and also kind of my own personal theme for the year, they just happen to be very aligned, um, is this deepening of my capacity for my embodied expression of my cosmic self, kind of the both and of kind of the body and kind of the cosmic or higher self or soul, um, the, you know, or galactic self, whatever, you know, language people have a lot of all these different language. I've kind of settled on cosmic self right now, but, um, 
the body and that the kind of the feminine and the masculine um, and and I had this kinds of ideas that the masculine part was like totally dialed in and handled and um, that it was really the feminine that needed the attention and because of I was aware that sort of on that sort of both and continuum or equation or whatever for me the embodied side was where I was still having friction right and so um, I wanted that's where I really wanted like I felt like you know they were sort of imbalanced as if you know in that way that yeah no that's all I'm gonna say and so um, I focused on that um, and this is related to the big stories in the wild project and some some on the writing uh, that I've been doing uh, and I've been sort of having a lot of friction around the writing, around doing the writing and sort of so I'm wanting to really like unlock that and get that flowing again and not like a traditional writer's block or any of that kind of stuff. It's sort of, there's something else. And so I, I mean, actually I shouldn't be dismissive. I don't actually, the things that I've read about writer's block, I should say, don't address this, but I'm sure writer's block is just the many, many, many things. And um, having worked with many professional creatives, I know that that the kinds of things that I'm talking about here can absolutely be the underlying factors of writer's block. So I just don't use that language for this. It doesn't resonate for this. So I have created for myself um, a kind of holy trinity of supports that I'm using right now very actively in this process. And one is a kind of a dialed up, more intensive work with someone that I really loved working with um, in recent months, um, here and there around kind of the cosmic galactic stuff, um, and just kind of like the connecting and kind of making sense of what's coming through, um, uh, from time to time or like unblocking a thing here and there. And then, um, finding someone in my new home that I can go to for body work, but a really different, um, what emerged surprisingly and kind of like un- in a very unplanned way was um, working with someone who it's not what I have traditionally done with body work where I just kind of lay there and they do stuff, <laughs> which is great. All right. And I do need a little more of that going on in my life just as a sort of pamper. But um, this is a more active um, uh, uh, kind of integration work um, that this person, this amazing woman does and it requires me to be very sort of there and present for it to be really effective. Um, it doesn't actually require me to do that. I shouldn't say that correctly. Um, there's really no way for me to not be there given the fact that it can be kind of uncomfortable at times. And so that kind of keeps me there. Um, but it's really useful. And I'm also doing in separate sessions with her actual training um, to sort of help my body remember um, and realign to, you know, its, its optimal way. So that's been really great. So I've just started that. So all this has just started like in the last, I don't know, week or two. And, um, and then the newest thing, the sort of the other point on this is, um, I'm doing a six week program on kind of deep feminine stuff and, um, you know, kind of the sort of, and so that's been really interesting. I just started that. Uh, and that's unlocked some really interesting things as well. And what I'm finding is that, um, you know, I really needed this kind of trinity, this kind of like tripod, um, because no one thing was going to do what I needed. So I'm feeling really good. It's feeling really strong. It's feeling really supportive. 
um, about this, and I feel like that's going to be fantastic. Now, some things that have come through uh, for me personally that I feel are also completely also aligned with what's happening around the planet, or hmm, not around the planet, like as if it's in the news, but like um, you know, the, the that's sort of available, if you will, for the collective at different levels. And so you may resonate with some of this, which is why I think it's useful to share it. Uh, and I'm, I'm not able to, mm, what I want to say, extract out or dis, distill down is a better way, not extract, but to distill down just sort of the pure drops that are just useful for you. I have to be a little messier by telling you these pieces that are my story. Um, and, I, and I believe that you will either forgive me for that or you have already left the recording, <laughs> in which case I don't care. So there you go. Okay, so the thing that the big kind of, oh, the sort of mini paradigm shift, if you will, about this work that I set up for myself through this whole trinity of support was that actually it's more my inner masculine than my inner feminine that needs help. Um, I do desire more embodied connectedness to my feminine and I don't, I'm not talking about feminine just in case anybody here is like wait feminine like girly stuff and pink and you know whatever the the society says about feminine that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about feminine and masculine essences and energies that are within all of us regardless of our body's biology or our um, orientations or identities um, we all have this in us. And there are other words that you can use if masculine and feminine are uncomfortable for these sort of two um, entwined energies. Um, uh, you know, this is the yin-yang energy, etc. So use whatever you like. For me right now, the masculine-feminine words are the most useful. So I'm going to be using those today. Um, so we all have this masculine and feminine within us. And within us... Um, you know, on a sort of practical level, getting getting comfortable with them or getting conversant with how they are expressing themselves in us can be an incredibly powerful way to better understand your own rhythms for kind of having kind of the life experience that you want to be having right now um, related to, you know, kind of that having harmony around, you know, quote unquote productivity or output or activity or accomplishment of things and kind of beingness. Um, so that's a super fun area and I love, I do a lot, I do some teaching in that area and I really love it. Um, at a kind of more deep within personal development level and kind of divine and cosmic level, these internal expressions of masculine and feminine energy are, are ways for us to expand and experience the divine masculine and the divine feminine expressing itself that wants to express itself through us and so when we can sort of open and then also there's also often a lot of healing from sort of wounding that the that the that the, that, the, that the individual, that the soul, that the, that the human or the, the being has experienced um, in its masculine or, and in its feminine, those healings need to happen so that um, we can really have more clear, full, clean, 
you know, wide open channel expression of those divine energies within us. So, and my feeling was that it was the feminine that um, I needed a new level of capacity to be in the feminine, that divine feminine, because I know that my writing comes from that. Um, I know I, just all of my experiences about my writing um, that, you know, anytime it's any good <laughs> or anytime that I really enjoy it, it's coming straight from that kind of wild open, uh, you know, entirely unstructured, feral, beautiful, floaty, dreamy, amazing, supported place, sort of the infinite colored energy jewels that just bubble in me and then out of me and then get shared. Um, and so I felt that I needed more of that and that that was maybe what was going on for me, that the writing wasn't quite where I wanted it to be in terms of my practice of it, my day-to-day -day practicing of it, doing it. And what I came in to see was that my, uh, just in the last couple of days was that, and I've written just brief little posts about this, but my, it's my inner masculine that is much more wounded and that is where the healing has to happen right now for me to then be able to access again that feminine the way I want. That, that my, there may be some things that come up around, around that, the feminine side, but I feel what I'm feeling right now is that the, my inner masculine, and so this is not about divine masculine and divine feminine, this is me. So within me, my masculine essence has, you know, has the has within it the desire and the to have the role of protecting me, of keeping me safe, of um, yes. And what I've learned is that I'm going to call him he, just to sort of it'll make it easier for me to talk about it. That he, you know, he is just desperate for me to love him. And he cries to me, why don't you love me? And my feminine, which feels like me, although I know that my masculine is also me, but for the purpose of this time that I'm in, she says, because you obliterate me. And when I go into that obliteration, it is this being compressed, being, being kind of being compressed down and awareness comes in of imagery of like, it's like he's keeping her in a very small little box and sort of squishing her into this tiny little box. And I say, but why am I in this tiny little box? And he says, because it's how I keep you safe. It's how I protect you. And she says, I don't need that anymore. It hurts. Please let me out of the box. And he's startled, even shocked, because he didn't want to hurt her. But he's afraid that if he lets her out of the box, she won't be safe, and that he will fail, that he will fail her. And she says, let me out of the box. I will be safe. I'm okay. 
I'm ready. And he opens the box or makes the box bigger. It's not 100% clear which just yet, but she has room now and she can move around and she wants to fly. And she says, let me fly. And he says, but if you fly away, you'll leave me behind and I'll never have you again. I'll never be with you again. He doesn't have any sense of possessiveness. I want to say that. There's, it actually isn't correct. I'll never have you again. It's, a, it's I'll never be with you again. You'll be gone from me, is what he says. And I won't be able to find you again. And I'll be lost without you. And she says, no, darling, no. You must come with me everywhere. I would have you with me everywhere. And the image that comes in is of if he can develop himself into a greater expression of that divine masculine within him, then he can be in the stillness, the steadfastness and the stillness that is that divine masculine, and he can be that pillar and the image that comes in is that if he can do that, then he would never lose her because it's like a, there would be like a giant, almost sort of like a circle that she moves around in free flowing and he's at the center of the circle. Not centered in like a, he's creating the circle edges just that wherever she goes, he gets to stay in the center. And so the circle can move anywhere. And the circle can be huge. There's no limit to the circle. There's no limit to her, where she can go, what direction, what dimension, how far, how fast, how slow, how fluid, how jumpy, you know, any and all. And his work is to stay still in the center. And where I'm at with this right now internally is that he's not quite ready to do this, but he gets it. And he sort of co-signs with it, if you will. <laughs> and, he's, and he wants to learn. It's not really something that he can learn from, his, from her uh, very well. Like he can, but he wants to learn more. Um, and so I connect to more and more to the divine masculine directly to bring that in so that he can connect to that. What I find as I've been doing that 
in the last, what time is it? Uh, really honestly, like in the last, before I got up, 12 hours maybe, <laughs> 16, I don't know. Um, what I find is that there is a small barrier, not a big one, a small barrier remaining between me and Divine Masculine uh, around trust, around forgiveness, that there is a need, a calling, a craving within me to forgive and then let go of some hurts where masculine in my life did not, was not correct. And the stories don't matter, but this is, for me, the, this little nugget of it does matter in terms of, I don't know how to do the words otherwise. Um, for me, this nugget is about my birth father. I'm adopted. And I don't have a relationship with my birth parents. And so typically when I talk about my mother and my father, I'm talking about the, the people who raised me. Um, uh, but my birth father uh, and I had a brief connection in person um, or like, you know, uh, uh, you know, synchronously. We were in touch for a brief period of time a couple decades ago. And, um, and that didn't go well. And he was not appropriate, and I had to set a really firm boundary. And then I had, and he couldn't hold that boundary, and so then I had to cut off that relationship. And it was a very confusing experience, uh, and I didn't have some of the capacities back then that I have now to understand these things. Um, and so, a little sort of what feels like the image is coming in right now is it feels like a little tiny poison shard got stuck in my heart. Yeah, that image, that's good. Fuck. Whew. I thought I already cried all the crying on this one, you guys, but nope. Good times. This little tiny poison shard, and you need this image. That's why it's coming through for you now, because you have these shards too. These little tiny poison shards in our hearts. And they may just be the little ones that are left because we've done so much beautiful work. We've done so much integration. We've done so much owning of our wholeness and allowing it and reclaiming of ourselves. And these little shards that we missed, you know, huh? Like when you're vacuuming. And the vacuum doesn't pick up everything. And you keep going over and over and over that spot. And then you think, okay, good, I got it. And it looks great, especially compared to the other sections of the, vac of the carpet that you haven't vacuumed yet. So you go over there and you're vacuuming all those. And then you think you're done and you unplug the vacuum. But then later that day, you're walking around and you go, wait a minute. What, what the hell is that? <laughs> and you bend down and there's some little bit of crap that's like still there, stuck in the carpet. Which, by the way, is a reason to not have carpet. I hate carpet. But you know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> yeah. So we just bent down and, and found this little tiny shard that was left in my heart from this 
bad behavior. And I knew then, as I know now, that, that this bad behavior came entirely from a place of loss and fear. And what I understand last night and this morning is that his, my birth father's behaviors and my understanding kind of empathically of what was actually going on in him and I understood that then and understand it now at a level that I don't think he did at that time um, so I think that's useful to any of you out there who have empathic experiences and find that confusing here's an example of where it can be useful um, so the fear the grief the sadness the sense of failure that he had of being a 16 17 year old boy in 1967, I was born in January of 68, unable and not allowed by authority to provide for a child he had created. And he wanted to. And that was on all of the non-identifying adoption information that I was able to access a few decades ago, a couple decades ago. He wanted to. And he and my birth mother, who was 16, they talked about this, according to him, many times and tried to come up with plans you know how would they like run away and you know you can imagine also 67 like you know it's the kind of the edge of the hippie era you know sort of like oh yeah let's go get a bus and drive around and have the baby and you know 16 how's that going to work and you know there was a lot of shame put on them and her family was catholic and she was put into like literally put into like a catholic girl's home to have me and to be like hidden away from their community during the period of her pregnancy when she was showing. I mean, can you, can you even imagine so fucking barbaric, the poor woman. And I've never had any direct connection with her. If you're wondering about that, um, she had not left a note, uh, expressing an interest in that, whereas he had, and that's why, um, I was in contact with him briefly. And with her, I feel very strongly energetically that I don't need that contact in this human life. And that it would hurt her, that she's not, that it would make it worse for her. So I send her love and have released her a long time ago, forgiven her a long time ago. And I send her love for carrying me and I send her love for letting me live. And so he, so much shame and sense of failure and fear and then finding me again and then like, what, how could he grip onto me and hold me so that I wouldn't get away again? And the way that he went about that was um, entirely unacceptable. And, um, and he couldn't fix it. He couldn't stop himself. And that was just his journey, his human journey. But, and, I, and it wasn't you know, completely within my rights and appropriate for me to set the boundary and be like, no, you're gone. And, but there's this echo internally that I find interesting, this mirroring of this internal experience that I'm having awareness of now within my own inner masculine essence and energy where he is afraid. And it's like, well, you don't, it's okay. You can be afraid. And you can acknowledge that you love me and you love that divine feminine. You love that life force that without it, you are lost. And we have this time 
on this planet as humans for several thousand years where we have insistently said, oh, we don't need that life force. We don't need that. It's fine. We're just going to be over here doing our thing. And actually that life force is bad and scary. And because we're afraid of losing it, if it doesn't love us, we're going to kind of, you know, the best defense is a good offense, right? So we're going to just cut that shit out of our lives. And we're going to make it gross and dirty and disgusting. And we're going to make it unacceptable and not allowed, right? And of course, this is patriarchy. Um, and I'm not here to talk about patriarchy. Other people do that. And I've done that, you know, earlier in my life uh, for a long time. Um, and sort of studied this stuff, you know, since I was a teenager. So, but it's important around the sort of spirit, evolutionary, leaping in times available on the planet to understand that one of the hallmarks of that shift is a is the kind of the coming again, the opening again, the burgeoning again, the swelling again of the divine feminine from within the earth up through into all of the beings and all of the life force here on the planet and from the divine, from the cosmos, coming in also to wrap up earth in her motherly love and to bring in also more wildness. There is deep harm that has been done to the feminine, as we know, and 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 if you haven't done your own kind of connection and work around that and healing around that, I really, really recommend that you that you do some of that work. Um, what I will say is that the what I want the only thing I want to say about that in terms of guidance about where to go do that work is that I really I really 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 want you to stay away from people who are still in the old models and they won't know it and they mean so well they can they don't all but they can mean so well and they can be coming from the purest heart and the sort of the purest love frequency but if they are telling you that you must submit to men, or to the king, or to, like, God the Father, and that you must submit. If this is part of their message, now is not the time for that. The divine feminine submits to nothing. And it is the rise of the masculine into its full divinity to choose actually to submit to her and to say yes go I follow go I'm here in my steadfast devotion follow isn't the right word but you know what I mean and then when he is in that place of capacity and I'm talking about the expressed divine masculine now, like here in the world, 
um, or more importantly, within us. Um, when he is in that capacity to really be that pillar, be that stillness, be that strength, be that unwavering, steadfast devotion, then we can trust that he's great to pilot that hot air balloon and we don't have to worry about it. So for me, I want to and am ready to trust the Divine Father, the Divine Masculine, the Divine Masculine Energy, and find that until I can remove this little shard from my heart, I can't do it. I can't fully trust. I can't fully surrender into that. I've long ago surrendered into the Divine Mother, into the Divine Feminine. And this Divine Father piece is this last little piece. And so that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. And that's what I think many of us are doing or have the opportunity to do, I should say more correctly. I'm almost ready to come back to that full moon. I can feel you going, oh, but the full moon, the full moon. <laughs> yes. The, the last thing that I want to say about the Divine Masculine and the Divine Feminine, because this comes up and people ask me about this, these are my experiences, my awarenesses, my gnosis, my connection. So I don't pretend that what I'm saying is like the only truth or the only way to see things. Um, it's my way, uh, and I'm very clear and firm about it, if you will, like very, very comfortable about its correctness for me. And if something else is correct for you, then cool. Like love, peace, you do it. You do you, boo. And I'm totally there for it. But I do want to say, people sometimes say to me, like, well, so then is God. So God often is talked about as God the Father. And God has been made into only the Father in our patriarchal times. And God is both and. Remember our planetary theme of both and? It's at work here too. God is both and. Divine masculine and divine feminine in sacred union. And that sacred union is a separate thing. Separate is not a good word. Is its own. That sacred union is God, is what I want to say. And it both precedes and follows the sacred union. So the sacred union creates the third thing, right? And that makes sense to us linearly. But also the first kind of whole, cohesive, not separated version of masculine and feminine, which isn't masculine and feminine, but version of divinity, that that came first. That's source, divinity, universe, God, love, whatever. That came first, and then it wanted to express itself out. And to do it, it bifurcated itself 
not in a way that was that was bad or negative, not in a way that uh, that had divine masculine and divine feminine apart from each other, um, because it, at the divine level they were never apart from each other. They were always able to be in union, but being differentiated allowed them to interplay with each other and for motion and movement and experience to occur in a way that at the sort of single point, at the zero point, at the soul point, at the source point, wasn't possible. And that just, like, wasn't interesting, you know? Um, Creating requires time and movement. And there are many different ways to think about time. We think about it horizontally only, but there are other ways to think about time. But if you're going to create stuff... (laughs) Time happens, because there's a before it was created, and now there's an after it's created. So there you go. That's how time came into being. But, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get into cosmology any further. That's not, I love that stuff, of course, but it's not what we're here for. So both and, both and, both and. The rise of the feminine is happening on the planet and within us. And the rise of the feminine is then calling or stimulating, enlivening, one might even say, the masculine to rise up into its own stillness, into its own next level as well, in support of the expression of the divine feminine in the embodied form of earth and of all beings and humans. And so for that masculine to rise, he has to he has to step into himself. He has to forgive himself and be forgiven. And divine feminine forgives easily, but the human holders of feminine essence, you and me, that's a lot harder. So my work right now is to help myself forgive this little, you know, the specific incidents that, you know, kind of is, that has this little, this little shard in my heart, but also, with, with that, I'm bringing in the intention of forgiving and melting and dissolving away all of the ways in which internally I, my inner masculine, has failed me, has compressed me, has held me back, has distracted me, and kept me in the smaller boxes. And... As I forgive that aspect of myself and integrate more and more tightly that that is me, then he can forgive himself and let it go. There's a both and for me in that right now. And I feel like those will merge when that work is is complete. But right now it's a both and of my human female self forgiving that inner masculine him, and then they can come together. 
and forgiving myself and etc etc okay said that so all, what does this all have to do with the moon and why is this so urgent so the last piece the full moon is going to create this extra juicy opportunity for forgiveness and for letting go and for more stuff to get sent over the side of the hot air balloon and it's going to bring to us a new vision, a new feeling of what can be, of what, what it is that we truly desire and we truly want, and we truly want to be, and how we want to kind of express ourselves in the next phase of our lives. And many of you have been concerned or frustrated or challenged or grieving that you haven't been able to see this and the not having that clarity can be really hard and I've had times in my life when I haven't had that clarity of what is the vision of what's to come and it's very um very hard I understand so open to that this is a time you know in these couple of days around this full moon where you can kind of essentially see a beautiful new place for your hot air balloon to land that is everything you don't even dare, hardly dare to dream of. You do dare to dream of it. I know you. If you're still here, you definitely do dare to dream it. And, but you like, like you could never say these things. You could never declare for them. You could never, you know, own it. Well, now you got to own it. You got to stand in that resonance of that frequency of that emotion of that experience, that felt experience of, oh yeah, this is the place. This is the vision for the rest of the year and the next three years, the next five years, the next seven years. Like this is what I'm going to be bringing into form for myself. This is what my experience will be. And it could be anything, anything at all, you know, um, it could be anything at all. And in order for you to really open fully, maximally, optimally, to that vision, you got to let some shit go. More shit. I know. You're like, Melanie, no more shit. I'm tired of letting go of the shit. I know. I, I feel you. I feel you. I am too. But also, it's so beautiful every time that it's worth it. We got to be willing to let it go. Forgive. So I want you to prepare for that full moon energy. And um, I had uh, uh, some useful guidance given to me um, last night for myself about the importance of preparing for that energy so that we kind of clear out as much as we can. And um, you know that it was important to prepare for the full moon so that we can take advantage of it. <clears throat> and that was a really useful awareness to me. Excuse me, just a drink of water. Um, but then I realized, oh shit, I really need to share this um, with my people. It's really important. Um, even if only three people are listening to this because it's been going on for so long, I don't care. Those three people needed this and I needed to get it out. 
and it really was important and I was not sure how I would do that and what the correct way to do that was. And so then I went to sleep and I woke up and here we are. Um, I'm doing it. And uh, what, what I want to refer back to around the preparing yourself is you've seen me share before and talk about before this sort of the scraping of the jar, right? The idea of, you know, if you are in a jar, if you will, if you're the container of your human self is a jar and there's labels on the jar, you can't see inside, you know? So we're scraping off all those labels, all those externally gunky, stupid shit that society or whatever, we then through society or because of society put on that kind of cover us, that kind of make it impossible for us to sort of be kind of a clear glass jar that just our purest self is what's shining through. And also we can see ourselves as well, right? So we can't see past these labels until we scrape them off. So I've got a few older posts on that. Um, maybe I'll find a link and share it here. Um, mostly because I just love the picture that I, there was this picture that I was guided to take um, on one of, one of those posts. And it's such a great picture. It's coming up right now. And it's a picture of a glass jar that was like, you know, I don't know, a spaghetti sauce jar or something. And the labels have all been, and this is like, I, this is in my my old kitchen, had been taken off and then I had saved the jar, right? Because don't we just save all of our jars? Um, I don't know if you're crazy like that, like I am, but I have had phases of being extra crazy about that. And uh, and I do love using jars, by the way, for storing all sorts of stuff. Um, so the so scrape, the, 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 the label totally scraped all the way off, but little gunky, pieces of like the adhesive residue still being left there and sort of that at the time with the picture it was like that was kind of how I felt I was that I had scraped almost all of this stuff off but there were still these places of little bits of distortion from you know the little gunky little bits of adhesive um and so just keep scraping the jar you know or um the other thing that I talked about was sort of scraping the barnacles off right which is that's a kind of a rougher level but um uh, scraping the jar so that you can see and be seen clearly. In this case, you've got to scrape the jar some more so that you can see that landscape below you from your hot air balloon. And what I want you to know is that that seeing is not, oh, okay, now we land and we go. I'm not sure when we're landing. That's not clear to me um, about this time right now. Um, so know that you're going to stay in the hot air balloon. And the purpose of this full moon vision time is to see what can be and what you want and to then claim it. To say, fuck yes, I claim this. And I want you to fucking claim it with like a giant barbaric yop, to quote the poet. Uh, you know, claim it with a giant lion's roar. And just mark it and be like, this is mine. And know that you don't have to do anything about that vision now. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to bring any of it into form now. There's no, like, don't worry about the, like, oh, no, I've got to get my, you know, active action-oriented brain and get to to, to list going, blah, blah, blah. This is about being able to be fully in the future memory so that you can have the the experience in your body, your embodied self, 
can have the experience of the frequency of the resonance of the truth of that future memory. And so claim that big, crazy, cool future memory. And and it may not be big in the sense of, it doesn't have to be like big in the sense of, oh, I'm, you know, out there changing the world or, you know, or, you know, scaling my startup or whatever. It could be, but also it could be just big in the sense that it's a big step to it, you know, to the left, if you will, where, or to the right, where it's like, this is a step that is, you know, unexpected or something that has not been something I've been willing to voice before or even fully aware of, you know, um, claim it. And know that you'll have time to bring it into form and you can figure all that out later. None of that kind of masculine essence, well, how am I going to do it? Just, you just keep ditching that right now. Hold on to and record and capture for yourself that resonance so that you could go back to it, right? So as you have those awarenesses and you have that vision, write it down speak it out loud and record yourself saying it, make vision boards or whatever you like to do for that kind of stuff or mind movies or whatever. It doesn't matter the mechanisms. Use as many of them as possible though because different ways of capturing this stuff will triangulate off each other in the future when you're not able to be in that resonance resonance, and you have moments of desolation, you can put yourself back in it. Because what we know already from our journey is that the only way that the really good stuff comes in is when we can hold the resonance of what it is ahead of time. You hold the resonance first and then the thing comes into form. People often mistake it around, right? They're sort of like, oh, well, you know, when I get XYZ external circumstance um, in place, then the feeling will occur. It's the other way around uh, 99% of the time. So that's why there's this urgency, right? And so in order to be able to see the vision, you've got to do the letting go. You've got to do the forgiving. You've got to see what are those little shards. And you don't have to go poking around in like a big, giant, nasty, spelunking way to search for these. If you just sit quietly and just sit here with me for a moment and just kind of close your eyes and imagine that you're looking at the dark blue sky before the dawn and the little white starlight gleams are glimmering over the lake and you are carried floating in the lake and the lake keeps you safe and lets you just look up at these beautiful stars in the velvet blue sky And then just feel your body, be in your body. Go into your body and feel your toes wiggling around. Feel your breath moving into your body and bring intention of your breath to spread out through your body. Breathe in all the way out to your toes and your fingertips. Breathe in from the lake, bringing you love, bringing you life force, bringing you wild untamedness. 
Let that wild life force fill your heart with its beautiful greenness. The greenness of life force matches the greenness of heart energy space. Feel it filling and expanding. Feel the tendrils of life force twining and binding through you in your body. Enjoy that. Just sort of float there. Nestled in. And now just do like a little scan in your body or in your being. And just invite with curiosity what shards are still here? What shards are still here? And you'll have a quiet voice will tell you, and it might surprise you. It might be something you thought you handled a long time ago, but it left a little shard inside. There might be one thing, there might be two or three. They might be connected, they might not. They might be from 10 years ago, they might be from when you were a child. But now that you know, you can pull out some tweezers and grab that little shard like a splinter and you can pull it out and look at it and talk to it and see what it reveals for you. Like I did for myself, like I shared. I don't know any other way right now to tell you how to do that. But I know that you'll do it and that it'll be really helpful to you. Now let's come back. You can always go to that place. The lake will always be there for you. Let's come back so that I bring you back into the room that you're in where you're listening to this. And don't leave you out there, although you might wish that I did, but as I said, you can always come back. <laughs> and no that you are wondrous to me and that you are wondrous to the universe. And Divine Mother and Divine Father find you astonishingly beautiful and you have guidance and support and a cosmic pit crew of angels and dragons which are really the same thing but and many many beings around you and 
They have tears of amazement and love on their face as they watch your bravest, most courageous journey that you're having to be a human on this planet at this time. Oof. That's some heavy density shit. And only the strongest, bravest souls take that mission on. You are supported. You are loved. Exactly as you are. Exactly where you are. You don't need to do anything else to be better, be more worthy. Nothing. Moving forward is not about that. And it's not about fixing you or anything. Moving forward now is only about opening that beautiful infinite rose that is you because it is delightful to do so. Because a rose is beautiful. So, I hold you in my heart, and I hold you in hope, and I hold you with love and light. These are astonishing times. Stay in your lane. Stay focused on this for yourself. Be gentle to yourself kind to yourself. Love your beautiful body. I'm thinking of that Mary Oliver poem, Wild Geese. And I don't have it by heart, but she talks about your all you have to do is something about being in your soft, small body. All right, darlings, I love you.